and welcome to the Hadassah Collective podcast. I'm your host, Claire Marinan. The Hadassah Collective is a unique wellness-centered community created in and inspired by India, the birthplace of holistic health disciplines. The Hadassah Collective podcast brings together a carefully curated selection of my most trusted and inspiring innovators from every area of the health and wellness space. I invite my guests to freely share their gifts, their wisdom, their journeys, and their diverse points of view, discussing a vast range of topics, including shutdown and self-isolation strategies, integrated diet and fitness, yogic science, modern mental health, and holistic lifestyle, all to inspire you with relatable tools to help you consciously customize, support, and expand your life. In today's episode, I'm joined by Kushbu Tadani. Kushbu is a nutritionist and life coach. Kushbu went through her own personal health and wellness transformation in her late teens and early 20s, which led her to become a trained nutritionist. Throughout this process, she realized the power of mindset and later became a life coach. Today, she guides her clients and creates a space for internal and external transformation. In today's episode, she shares her tips and tricks with us. Hi, Kushbu. Welcome to the Hadassah Collective. Today, we have Kushbu Tadani, who is the founder of K-Way, a nutritionist and life coach with us today. So thank you for joining me, Kushbu. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm very much looking forward to it as well. So um, let's get right into it. We can start with um, just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you do, and also um, paint a little picture of where you are at and how you've been spending this quarantine time and moving out of this quarantine time. Yeah, so I'm a nutritionist and life coach, and like you said, founder of my wellness consulting business, K-Way. Um, and essentially, I help clients manage their diets, lifestyle, and create habits so that they're able to thrive from the inside out by aligning their mind and body. And I, right now, I'm currently in the UK, in London, and I spent the first, the first bit of lockdown, the first four months in India, and I was able to come, to come out here. And it's been, it's been an interesting transition because the situation in both countries are so different, and in Bombay, it was a lot more rigid. I think in three months, I left the house for a total of 90 minutes. Whereas in London, you are taking your precautions, but still stepping out on a regular basis. So it's been interesting to see, like, coming back, you know, you're transitioning back to real life that is not just confined to your four walls. Okay, yeah, fantastic. It's been great that you were able to get out and get into a different environment. And it's interesting how things are unfolding and opening up in London and um, sort of semi getting back to normal. I don't think that um, we can ever call we can call it normal yet. But it's been it's so good for you that you're able to um, get out and about and interact with people. Um, Because I think that that's still what's missing a little bit in Bombay, sadly. Um, But I think it's also opening up and the situation is improving. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, you have a lot of um, consulting clients and you've been doing Zoom consulting with them. And what is the sort of feeling um, throughout the shutdown and now moving out of it? What is the collective energy that you've been feeling with your clients and also personally? Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's, it's, it's been really interesting because I think the first month or so, everyone was, it's, and I think that was that can apply to the whole world, everybody was kind of in a state of frenzy because we've never experienced this kind of situation. And so it was almost just adjusting to the new norm. And I could notice there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, 
and the stress. And I think by month two, you know, people are understanding that, okay, this is not going anywhere anytime soon and to really make the most of it. And even like with work, like in, the ter- in terms of how I saw my business go the first month, it did slow down. And I think at that point, people didn't really have the mental bandwidth to commit to taking care of themselves. But I think by month two, then you could see the changes because I had such an influx of new clients. And the interesting thing was the kinds of clients that were um, approaching me that in the past, it was more nutrition focused, whereas now a lot of it is more anxiety focused and mental health focused, which is just amazing because people are realizing how impactful and how powerful our minds are when we start to apply it in the right direction. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it has been a really interesting time to have that shift in perspective as well. And to have that downtime to be able to sort of look at these things and, um, you know, just just take more care of your mental health. So I do think it is a really interesting time um, for people to reassess that and sort of... um, I think as well, coming out of this is going to be a very interesting time in terms of mental health because we have all sort of come through this period of past the 21-day marker, past the 40-day marker of sort of detoxing, I think, from that, you know, that energy of that um, reciprocal energy of being around people. And so I think it's going to be really important to navigate out of that very gradually, because our systems just our nervous systems are just not um, used to handling so much of an influx of other people's energy. So can you speak to that a little bit? And if you notice that in your clients and in yourself? Oh, that's such an interesting point that you brought up. And I'm so happy you did because I've noticed because after like a couple of months of spending time on your own, you are, like you said, you're detoxing your energy, whether it's intentional intentional or not. And one thing I personally noticed is when I, you know, after spending three months primarily on my own is that, you know, with whether or not we're realizing it, we, like you rightly said, we are detoxing our energy. And so when we start to interact with people in real life or we start to, you know, bring in all things we used to do, you realize how sensitive your energy is. And because we were repeatedly doing certain things or hanging out with certain people or having certain conversations, we almost numbed ourselves to it. And so we didn't realize how impactful it was in terms of draining our energy. And so the minute you interact with that, that situation or that person or that conversation again, now, because our energy is so sensitive, you're not going to be able to handle it the way you once used to. And I, the first time I, started, I hung out with a group of people, I came back home and I was just exhausted. It was a really nice afternoon, but you know, you forget what it's like to engage in conversation in such a, you know, in, in such a um, large, with, with such a large number. And it takes a lot out of you. And I think, you know, it's slowly now transitioning back into things that we haven't done in the last three months. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had very similar experience as well. It was sort of like, you know, I was very much looking forward to seeing people. And then when I did spend time with people, had a great time. It's, you know, everything's fine. But it was just like when I came home, I realized like, wow, that actually um, was a lot. You know, so I think it's, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's a lot. I'm I'm back now into my little isolation. But no, I mean, so I think that that's kind of just teaching us that balance, you know, is that um and to be aware of that and I think it's made us more sensitive to that which can only be a good thing actually 
Yeah, and also just to slow down. Like, you know, I was just reflecting that normally when I come, because I usually spend like three months in London during the summer, and normally it's very, my trips to London are very hustle and bustle. Like every hour you're doing something and you're just always on the go. But this trip, obviously, it's been very different that there's been a lot of downtime, spending more time at home and just, yeah. And I got to say, I'm actually really enjoying the slower pace of life. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if I even want to go back to that fast way of constantly be, being busy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to give everybody sort of new priorities and it'll we we just have so much more control of um what we decide to bring back into our lives. And I think if we can hold that kind of awareness and um yeah. like navigate that space in a really healthy way, then I think that it it's it's really we've taken something good out of this. But the um, cool thing is is that mm. now coming out of lockdown it's almost like we all have been gifted a clean slate and now how we fill that slate yep. it boils down to us yep. and some people are going to stick with their old ways which again each to their own yep. but I I really hope that everyone sticks with practices you know activities people and whatever it is that actually make you feel good from the inside out yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so let's um talk a little bit about your path how you started on this journey as a nutritionalist and then moving into this space of a life coach yeah so my career has always been a reflection of my own personal journey with well-being mm-hmm. so long story short i grew up as an obese child hit the scales by 90 kilos and then at the age of 16 i realized i you know i i didn't want to spend a life feeling uncomfortable in my skin mm-hmm. and so i uh, after you know engaging in a few quick fix diets i finally realized that i have to you know stick to a diet that was sustainable so I slowly cleaned up my diet started exercising and over about two and a half years went to lose about 75 pounds yeah and the amazing thing is with change and transformation is the momentum what the, the power of momentum and as i saw how my body was physically changing it inspired and motivated me to keep going and then i went into the mental space and realized okay how much how much more can i change by change my mindset and my thoughts and they say when the student is ready the teacher appears and you know i think when i had that realization i started you know on instagram being bombarded with like you know um coaches and then like references to different podcasts or different uh, books Then you know my then I learned about the wonderful world of manifestation the law of attraction yeah. and light bulbs just went out in my head and you know when you start to apply these things in small manners and you see how much better your life becomes and how you for a long time we settle with mediocrity you are you then I realized that okay I can't just be a weight loss coach I need you know people need to understand how powerful their minds are and so then I went on to get certified as a life coach as well And the cool thing is is that they both go hand in hand together yeah. because mindset is so important with fat loss but also the way we eat affects how we feel and how we feel impacts how what we attract into our life. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that it's it really has sort of is a full circle really for you um because that sort of feeds so much into um your mindset as to for me personally anyway as to how how I eat and how I treat my body is a direct reflection of how I'm feeling, you know, how I mentally feel as well. And so um I think yeah. that the two definitely go hand in hand. And so tell me a little bit about um your early life, um growing up where you grew up and where you spent your childhood years and what that looked like for you. Yeah, so I I grew up in Nigeria. I lived there for 14 years um and I loved it. You know, despite you know growing up as an obese child, I know a lot of people when they look back they have horror stories of being bullied or whatever but you know fortunately i've 
always been blessed with the best group of friends, always been, I was, you know, grew up as a very happy childhood. Then I moved to the UK to come to boarding school for high school, which mm-hmm. was amazing. And that's also coincided when I started my wellness journey. And then now for the last 10 years, living in Bombay. And it's funny because people often expect when they ask me what was the move like from London, they expect some like crazy stories about how awful Bombay is. But mm-hmm. it's been an amazing, it's been an amazing 10 years. Obviously, I think anyone who's lived in Bombay can vouch for the fact that there's small things that drive us crazy. <laughs> but I feel like Bombay is very, it's been, for me at least, it's been very conducive for the kind of work I do. And because the awareness in healthy living is only increasing and it's been cool to watch how that's constantly growing and being part of it too and being yeah. in that space. Yeah, absolutely. In the last six years that I've lived in Bombay, I don't know if this year counts actually, but um, six years ago I moved to Bombay and it's really interesting wow. to see the evolution of the wellness industry and um, sp- spiritual industry um, as well in, in Bombay and um it's really interesting the blend of, you know, because India is the home of holistic wellness and to see the blend of yeah. these ancient techniques with newer techniques and people are really coming out like with yourself, um, coming out with really interesting offerings. And so it's beautiful to see that evolution. And so... Yeah, and you know, like you said... Yeah, sorry, no, sorry. No, what I was saying is that, you know, a lot of times people think that it's either you're going through... Um, like. The idea that okay, you have your Western practices or you have your Eastern practices mm. such as Ayurveda, yoga. But the amazing thing is I think we've reached a point where we have seen that they can coincide and coexist. Yeah. That, yes, we are, you know, constantly there's so much um, newness being launched in the wellness space, but we can still hold on to olden practices, which still serve such a huge purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And I think definitely that's evolved as well from like the nutritional side of things and fitness side of things. And now also into this manifestation space where it isn't just, um, you know, a very sort of abstract spiritual concept of manifestation or even the law of attraction and things like that. But there is actually now um, neuroscience that is backing this up and helping us with new techniques and evolve those techniques as well um, to be able to assist us mentally to clear those sort of blocks and and things like that and um, so the manifestation space is even now not so much of a just a woo-woo space it's more it's becoming a woo-woo concept yeah Yeah. exactly exactly so so that's really the blend of that is very interesting as well I think you know also like I well, you know, I think a lot of times people shy, especially uh, a younger, our younger generation, we shy away from spirituality because mm. of the way it's been portrayed in the past. And I think when you just break it up into digestible content and realize that it's so relevant to each one of us and it's just about understanding it in a language that makes sense and also realizing that there's a lot of science that comes with spirituality. So like you yeah. rightly said, that, that like now we're in a space where there's, law of attraction manifestation is getting its limelight because there's also neuroscience that backs up how powerful it actually is and it's not just this crazy concept about just putting out energy and it's going to come back to you but why it's happening and when you understand the why you are that much more driven to actually apply it into your own life yeah absolutely absolutely and so along um the path have you faced any rock bottoms or many any difficult moments and um how has this shaped your path and also what techniques and practices have you used to navigate through those difficult times? 
Yeah, so I think, you know, I think when it comes to um, like rock bottoms, I wouldn't say there's any been any rock bottoms per se, but I think I've reached a lot of ruts and lull periods where it's almost like, okay, you've, you've, you've conquered one challenge and then you're doing it, but then it becomes so easy. It doesn't really feel like you're exerting your mind mm-hmm. and then that boredom kicks in. And I think with each step, that's what's pushed me to elevate my business in some way or whether that's you know hiring a coach or pivoting into a new direction or becoming certified in another area and I think it's just about realizing that when we do face these uncomfortable moments and this also applies to like like this lockdown situation is that it's not don't shy away from it but realize it's only because you are ready for growth and there's something as long if you keep staying stuck and repeating the same the same ways you think act and feel on a daily basis that dissatisfaction is only going to get more and more. And if you really want to Im- improve the quality of your life, your business, your well-being, whatever it is, something needs to change. And now when I do face these kind of moments, I actually embrace them. I'm like, okay, it sucks, this feeling, but I know something better is on the other side. But now what can I do to get to the other side? Yeah, yeah. And do you have any um, specific practices that um, have supported you on your journey that have helped you out of those moments? Like if when you find yourself in the space of a, a lull in your life, um, what are the sort of steps that you take to get yourself out of it? So one of the most empowering things that, you know, I've you know, had that realization and I really hope a lot of people do is we have all the answers within us, but it's just that we're not paying attention. And yeah. so a lot of mindfulness techniques, which I apply daily, because I feel like you can't just wait for that uncomfortable moment to creep up. You have to be working on yourself on a regular basis so that you never reach a rock bottom. And so for me, the three things which I swear by and do daily is meditation. Yeah. And some days that's 30 minutes, some days that's five minutes, whatever it is, but just getting keeping that momentum going daily gratitude and that's something which I swear by and also journaling for me I get a lot of self-reflection and a lot of insight when I just pen down my thoughts and I feel like our mind magnifies a lot of our issues but when you just unbottle it not only do you feel lighter but you gain a new perspective and so your approach to your situation comes from a place of empowerment as as opposed to fear yeah yeah, amazing. 100% agree with that. I'm also a avid journaler. I think that it's it's great to be able to just um, to release those thoughts onto the page and they suddenly seem manageable after that. Where it, and it sort of stops you in your tracks, so especially if you're mulling over something and you know constantly thinking about something. It's really great to be yeah. able to put it down on paper and to be able to release it from your body and your mind. And, um, it, it, and to sort it's such a release, it. yeah. Mm, yeah, it's amazing. So I think that that's great as well. And what, what do you think your biggest successes in life have been? And what did you learn from those experiences? You know, I think, I mean, I, I think one of my biggest successes is being able to turn issues in my life that held me back for so long, mm-hmm. whether it's my weight or, you know, facing anxiety at some stage or, you know, no, just feeling dissatisfied with life and being able to turn it as a way of helping others transform their life. And, you know, it's given me so much insight that every tough moment that I've experienced, even let's say in 2008, when I lost my dad, that was a tough moment for me as well. And, you know, the kind of realization, insight and what I gained from every one of those negative situations, you know, using it to help others overcome whatever they're facing. And I think when I look back, that's probably something I'm most proud about, that I didn't just stay stuck in that negativity, but I used it 
in to benefit others. Yeah, and to propel yourself forward and move move forward through those things. So that's really amazing. I just wanted to ask a quick question that's not not in our questions actually, but I think it'd be interesting for people who have children and they are wanting to instill this attitude of positivity and healthy lifestyle into their children. Maybe they form some unhealthy habits or they're concerned about their weight, but it's it's really difficult to navigate as a, as a parent, right? So are there some yeah. tips um, that you could give parents out there that want to just guide their children to a more healthy lifestyle? So the number one thing, which I would say is be the example you wish to be for your kids. Yeah. And so as much as we could like to you know, because kids model behavior, whether or not we are conscious about it. And so you can tell them eat their broccoli. But if you're sitting at dinner and they see you eating broccoli, suddenly that broccoli becomes a lot more appealing than the burger, which you don't touch. Because that's all they know. Because we take yeah. everything our authority figures are doing as right. Because we don't, at, at that age, you, you, you don't have that capacity to process what is going on. And also another one, Another practice, which I think every parent should actually do is every night or at the start of every day, just sit with your kid and just say, what are three things you are grateful for? Mm. And it becomes such a beautiful habit. And what you're doing in the process is you are wiring their brain to seek out abundance in their life. And if you can inculcate this into their head at a young age, when they're older, can you imagine how beneficial that abundance mindset is going to be for them? Whereas yeah. for a lot of us, it's we have to wait till we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s to rewire our brain yeah. and to go from a place of scarcity and lack into consciously now thinking from a place of abundance. Yeah, yeah. So instilling that in them from a really young age is such positive parenting, I think. And, um, and you know, also one and the final thing I'll also say is mm. being mindful of your language around kids. Because mm. a lot of times parents, we, we all do, we throw out statements out of... Um, out of innocence because that's what we've been grown up and taught but we don't realize how impactful our words are so I'll give you an example is even telling a boy who's crying you know be a big boy it's almost yeah. in doing so you invalidate their feelings and as they grow up they become less emotional because that's what they've been told yeah. you know or telling a girl that oh you know you look you know go wear a dress you look pretty it's almost you know it's these little statements where it's coming from the best of places because which parent doesn't want the best for their kids but also realizing that those words your words can are shaping your kids so choose them mindfully yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and um so who have your major influences and sources of inspiration or mentors been in your life? I mean, they can either be public figures or celebrities or people in your own personal life. So right now, I, I, the cool thing is I think we're living in a generation where we have so much access to knowledge and to mentors mm -hmm. and just influential people who can motivate and inspire us. And right now, especially during this lockdown period, the one person who's really just yeah, I've just been so in awe of and I can't see learning from is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yes. Because yeah. he ties in spirituality and neuroscience. And I just think it's been so mind-blowing to learn from him. Yeah. So he's one person. And I know you're familiar with um, Esther and Jerry Hicks, Abraham Hicks. Yeah. You know, that, that's... And also, you know, I, I, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So Jay Shetty's podcast. Yeah. As cliche as it sounds, Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday. I just can't get enough. And I think, you know, getting different perspectives because at the end of the day, all the messages are pretty much in line with one another, but it's just understanding from different perspectives. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes hearing it in a different languaging or, um, you know, from a different perspective, from a more scientific perspective for some people will we'll click with some people. Or for, for another person, the more sort of spiritual, um, heart-centered, yeah. you know, that, that will click for some people. So I think that it's, yeah. And, and for ourselves as well in different parts of our times in our lives as well I've definitely from all of those people that you've listed I've I've learned from especially Joe Dispenza yeah. I think that his work is just incredible and um, yeah I do a lot of his meditations actually as well so he's he's definitely one his yeah. books are really really interesting and um, so apart from those what other resources would you recommend to uh, our listeners uh, I would say because um, you know that a lot of the, one thing which I've noticed, even with my clients, and we get stuck in this idea that, okay, I don't enjoy reading, but there's so many other ways to consume knowledge. And Absolutely. so, again, if you don't enjoy reading books, which for me, I love, but if you don't, then go onto YouTube and just type in whatever you're interested in. And even if you have 10 minutes, you'll find a 10-minute video. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, to learn something new. You have to spend hours every day. And, you know, what I do sometimes is if I'm facing an issue in my life, I just go on, literally go onto YouTube and search, you know, um, affirmations hypothetically affirmations for career or whatever it is yeah. and you know just watching some kind of clip to motivate me yeah another another guy who i watch a lot of is aaron dowdy mm-hmm. and i i don't know if you're familiar with him no I'm i not. watch him on youtube and sahara rose these are two more and yeah in terms of books uh one book which i just love again by dr joe Dispenza was break up the habit of being you mm-hmm. that is something which i think no matter what space of um whether you're more spiritual based more science based or a bit of both i think it's something which just resonates with a lot of people yeah so i would recommend that as a good starting point yeah absolutely absolutely and tell me about a little bit more about kway and your life coaching um sessions what can we expect from um a session with kushbu yeah so my life coaching sessions are are for a minimum of six weeks Mm -hmm. because i truly believe that you have to give yourself that time to to see the differences it's not like a once uh, a one-time quick fix And with my life coaching sessions, it's based on energy work and manifestation, but also tying in the neuroscience part of it. So understanding, you know, just firstly getting that foundation, understanding how your thoughts, your subconscious beliefs are shaping your reality. And then applying it into your life and thinking, what are my limiting beliefs that have been holding me back for all these years? And only once we understand that, then can we start to gain clarity about what we want in our life. Because unless we clear out the toxic negative energy and belief systems which have been holding us back for all these years, then can we start to make room for newness in our life and to actually manifest and create the reality that we want for ourselves. Absolutely. And so each week builds on each other and it's beautiful because, you know, as a coach, one thing that gives me so much joy is watching people change, just change their mindsets in such a short span of time. Because, you know, when it comes to ourselves, we are our harshest critic. And so it's almost like we don't allow ourselves to see our transformation unless something big happens. But watching even small incremental changes, it's just mind blowing how quickly our brains can adapt. And as a result, our lives start to reflect those changes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sounds fantastic. And um, so coming back to the present, what does your daily routine look like right now in London? So the, so the amazing thing about what I do, is it's a very flexible life. So I wouldn't mm. say there's a one every day looks the same, but 
every day without fail starts because I'm also someone who likes structure so I make sure that I do carve in some kind of routine so every day without fail starts with hot water and apple cider vinegar yeah. meditation and gratitude and journaling and then after that I you know try to get a workout in and it you know it all depends on how my day is structured in terms of my clients some days I have calls like you know lined up one after another and so I'll just you know spend a day at home just one up back on back-to-back calls other times it could be writing out client plans or doing like podcast um, interviews with someone like you or even like right now I'm brainstorming and working on a new course that I'm creating it's still in the pipeline so I haven't really like carved out the nitty-gritty but it's been quite exciting because you know after seeing how people's um interests have pivoted and their take on well-being and how it's more mindset focused trying to now create a course that tailors these new needs yeah yeah, fantastic. Can't wait to hear about your new course. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll have to have you back when, you, um, when you're ready to launch that one. And have sure. you, what, what sort of, um, what is your feeling at the moment of how we're moving out of this? Are there any sort of emotions or triggers that are coming up for you on how we're moving through this time and the future? Or um, what is coming up for you right now? Um, you know, I think... A lot, a lot of statements I heard at the start of lockdown was coronavirus is making me so anxious or coronavirus mm. is making me so stressed out. And some people might not like me for saying this, but coronavirus didn't make you any of those. It was just a trigger and brought out these emotions which you've been harboring for so long. And what I would really say is that unless we address these discomfort, you know, uncomfortable feelings, don't expect them to magically go away once the lockdown or quarantine is over. Because you're still going to be facing them, but you're just going to have a lot of other stuff to also deal with, such as the social aspect. And that's something which, you know, I've been, I actually had a conversation with a client the other day, is look at this period as your foundation period. Right now, we have this gift to build such a strong foundation with our well-being. So when life does go back to normal, we our health is already taken care of. We already have these amazing practices in play. Yeah. And we're just building on that as opposed to waiting for the lockdown to be lifted before we allow ourselves to take care of our health and mindset. Yeah, incredible. I think that's great, great advice. And um, everyone is sort of try- dying to get back to the new, the normal, the new normal. Um, I know. I really hate that phrase. I think I'm going to eliminate I know. it from the dictionary. <laughs> the, the new norm. But, yeah, but... Um, Everybody's rushing back to, or we have been for months actually, wanting to get back to normal, which I think is really natural. But um, what parts of the lockdown have that created space for you to establish new practices in your life and what what brought you joy and what will you be taking out of this space that you you know don't want to return back to the old ways yeah you know one thing which is so ironic is and I'm talking now more in the beginning parts of lockdown when because right now it is a little more like social so I am luckily getting human connection yeah but I feel like when I when I by you know after the first three months of just literally not leaving my flat in Bombay is I noticed my friendships and relationships were despite the lack of human connection they were stronger than ever and I feel like we had time to give that personalized attention to people and really engage whereas I feel like on when before before lockdown started how often did we actually sit on a call with a friend who we haven't spoken to in months and give that person your one hour we yeah. all have other things to be doing on a regular basis. And it was just so nice. I'm really grateful that after lockdown, my friendships and relationships are just stronger than ever. 
And another thing, you know, like, you know, getting back into the kitchen, which has been really fun, like, you know, experimenting with new recipes, which I'm somebody who gets in a rut with my meals. So I can eat the same thing for days on end. But because we had so much time, I decided let's revamp that a bit. Yeah. You know, changing up my workouts. You know, I had this huge aversion to at-home workouts because I just preferred the gym environment. But it's almost like it forces you to be creative. And I actually now, I've really embraced these at-home workouts. You know, these little things which, yeah. you know, we just decide we don't like it because we have so much choice. But when you're forced to go back to the basics, you have to find ways to find to carve out joy into your life, regardless of the external situation. And I just think that's one thing which I would say I'm really proud of is being able to use this lockdown to my advantage as opposed to finding reasons to crib about it and say that it's been a miserable experience. Because I truly, when I look back, I, I, most of it, I'd say 90% was only positive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think on some level, nearly everyone that I've spoken to sees um, the benefit in this and sees the positive side of this. Obviously, there is a lot of suffering and there's a lot of hardship. I don't think anyone has not been impacted in in at least some way. No, for sure. But... um, but I think that a lot of people that I have been speaking to, uh, more the attitude is like, wow, I needed this. I needed this space. I needed this pause and um, has yeah. been a really great time for reflection. So, um, yeah, I think that that's really encouraging. Yeah. No, I, I was just saying I really I, I echo your thoughts. And that's something which, you know, the self-reflection part is something which I'm going to make sure that it's a day. It continues to be a daily practice as opposed to just doing it when we ha- when I have time. Yeah, 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 as, absolutely. I think it's no longer a nicety, it's now a necessity. It's really important. Exactly. Yeah, and so thank you so much for being with us. Now, where can our listeners find you? Um, thank you for having you? me. It's always <laughs> so nice to chat. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I always love having you on. Um, where can our listeners find you, find out more information about your work and your courses and your coaching? Yeah. So, you know, to find out more information about my different offerings, you can visit my website, kfadani.com. But I hang out more on Instagram. I usually post like daily stories and really love engaging with you guys. And my Instagram handle is at kushbu.kway. For the spelling, I'm sure Claire will post it in the show notes. So you can just have a look. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to share? I always love um, your wealth of knowledge and your perspective on different things. Is there, is there anything else that you'd like to yeah. share that I haven't asked? So one, yeah, you know, just on a, uh, on a final note, what I would mm. just, you know, tell, because, you know, again, I, I, I just share that it has been a really positive experience for me, but I, I really do empathize for people who are just not in the greatest spaces right now. And realize that you can every day is a clean slate and you you get to decide how you want to walk out of this lockdown and even if the last four months wasn't the best today is a new day or whenever you listen to this and if you are somebody who is locked down alone I really um, understand that it can be a very lonely time but just remember being lonely doesn't mean being alone doesn't mean you have to be lonely and so you know start reaching out you know engaging and you know uh, you know reaching out to friends whether that's uh, or you know it's watching people on youtube or listening to a podcast whatever it is but just doing something where you don't feel alone you know i think sometimes 
when our minds are too idle, which is so common right now, that's when we start to go into this vortex of negativity. Yeah. And you just realize that you, it's a choice. You can pull yourself out of it at any moment. Yeah, what a beautiful insight to end on. Thank you so much, Kushbu. I really appreciate your Thanks, time and having you on. Loved being on, loved chatting. Thank you, thank you. And have the best time in Thailand <laughs> and we will connect super soon. Thank you. I'll see you back in Bombay at some time in the near future. Uh, let's see, yeah, exactly. Let's see when, but yes, <laughs> see you soon in Bombay. But lots of love and big hugs. <laughs> you too, darling. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. See you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some things to take away from our amazing guests' insight. If you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe and also leave us a review. And for more information on the Hadassah Collective, you can visit our Instagram page at Hadassah Collective. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode at the same time next week. And until then, have a wonderful week.